Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. speak to mamas in one-on-one coaching or in my programs, there is often a great feeling of disconnection from what they really are feeling inside is important and how they're actually living their lives. In conversations, it becomes really clear they want a simple life. They want to be able to focus on these tiny moments with their children. They want to be present. They want to slow down and focus on what's really of value. They want to perhaps change their career or change their health or reignite their relationship. And within them, they're really feeling this pull, this drive to realign their lives. This is what motherhood does to us. It often is the catalyst for us to reassess everything in our life. That is what matrescence is all about. That is what I love about this so much. It is the beginning of a redefining of who you are, a redefining of what's important and this feeling within you that what you're doing now doesn't work anymore. But so many of us might be feeling that or acknowledge it in our journal or in a conversation. We want to slow down. We want to prioritize things differently. But in the outer world, in our reality, nothing changes. Nothing changes. So how do we do this? How do we align what we're feeling inside our deepest desires and core feelings? How do we align that with what we're doing in the world? This is why I really wanted to speak to Zoe Gamow. Zoe was a very successful actress. She was pursuing a career in the arts and really following what she thought was her passion. But slowly, before motherhood, but especially once motherhood came along, there was a feeling within her that she wanted to do more work that aligned with who she really was. Something didn't feel right anymore about this. She wanted to make a difference. She wanted to change her reality, to line up with how she was feeling inside. Along with her partner, Damon, they created a worldwide, global movement around sugar. You might recognize Damon's work and Zoe's contribution to it. He was behind that sugar film and then that sugar book and the success that they've had in changing the conversation around sugar in Australia and beyond is so inspiring. 
In this episode, we talk a lot about the power of a circle of women around you, of a community, of having a place where you can talk about these things and feel supported. I hope you find it really inspiring like I did. At times, the audio quality is not great. I apologize in advance for that. We had some issues with background noise, but it is so worth it. Enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor-Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realized that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me. And since then, have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Zoe, thank you so much for joining me and my beautiful mama tribe. I've been so looking forward to speaking to you. Oh, you too, Amy. And I'm so happy to join. And yeah, it's a a nice community you've built online. So I'm happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Yes, we're going to talk a lot about community in a few minutes, but let's let's go back to the beginning a little. Um, As everyone knows, this podcast is very much about the transformation that we go through when motherhood comes along and the creative or purposeful passions that come out of our life through that process. So it might be best if we go back to look at who you were before motherhood began. Um, You had a very full life and and a very successful career and were doing amazing things. So can you tell the mamas what you were, who you were before motherhood? Oh, yes. Well, thank you. It's nice to hear someone else talk about your career like that. I was, I was very happy with it. Um, I, I never saw myself as hugely successful, but I saw myself as definitely a working actor who worked consistently and I got paid really well to do what I did. And I definitely had a certain level of satisfaction from the work I did. But um, yes, I had a, a wonderful childhood as well prior to that and um, grew up in Southeast Asia and spent a lot of my time outdoors in nature and you know, really just had a very free childhood, a lot of time by the ocean. I was constantly learning to snorkel and scuba dive as soon as I could had, get my licence, I was right into that. So, yeah, I, I had a very um, life... I never really had to make many big decisions early on in life. I kind of just rolled from one thing to the next. I, I really rolled into acting out of high school, having done a lot of school plays and really having enjoyed that space of creativity and freedom that I think that allowed in a schooling system that I was in that was quite structured. And... And then I just 
went from job to job and I never really had to think about it too much. But I definitely wasn't entirely fulfilled in what I was doing. I, I loved acting, but a lot of the jobs that I was working on that weren't, weren't content that were really, um, really fascinating to me. It wasn't the reason why I'd got into acting in the first place. I'd, I'd absolutely loved Shakespeare as a child and I used to do Shakespeare workshops in my school holidays and, and Midsummer Night's Dream was the first play I was ever in with an a English director who came over from the UK and, and um, visited our school and, and he just sold me on, on the romance of all of that. Mm. And then, of course, the reality of being a jobbing actor in Australia was very different and um, while I was very grateful to get work, any work really, um, I also had a sense in my heart that these weren't the stories that I really wanted to be telling and had so many ideas and what I was passionate about in the world was very different from what I was working on day to day. And I, I sometimes struggled with that, to be honest. And I really had about six years prior to become a mother where I had this sense that there was more that I needed to be doing. But I, like, life goes on and you have to pay bills and um, my husband was transitioning in his work at that time. He was transitioning from acting to directing more so and um, he went on to direct a film called That Sugar Film, which I worked with him on behind the scenes very much in those early phases. And, um, and so for me, I feel like there was just, there were certain necessities that I had to tend to in life. I could feel that my heart was starting to pull me in a slightly different direction. Although at that stage, I wasn't sure what that direction would be. Yeah. Yes, but, and you had such great success diving into the whole sugar industry, you and your partner Damon with both the film and then the book that you created later on. How did that all come about? And was that, did that feel like it was the beginning of something that you wanted to, to pursue? Well, yes, that all came about because I think similar to myself, Damon had uh, also that feeling that acting wasn't it for him. He, again, had loved working in that space, but he was ready to move on. And in a similar way to me, we just felt like it, was, it wasn't the what, it's the how. It was the, the content sometimes of what we were sharing that we didn't believe in and we didn't think it was necessary to add to the dominant narrative that's already out there in society around some of those things. So it was about starting to shift away to create more work ourselves that we were passionate about and really was aligned with our you know inner values and our family values and our greater passions in the world and so for me with sugar that was very much Damon's baby and I helped him with that in whatever capacity he needed help with so I did some filming at home behind the scenes when in between my days that were off at from work because I was working for Channel 7 at the time on a show um, which was a nine-month contract and so I'd have days off here and there that I would help him with some filming. I helped him write all the recipes for, for that sugar movement page initially 
which was the um, outreach program that was associated with the film, which ended up coming to all schools around, a lot of schools around Australia um, and changing some, some policies at you know, grassroots, but also higher levels around uh, sugar and health. And also uh, I did some work with him on two books in the end. So we did I did recipes for two of those books and also some lifestyle tips and bits and pieces there. So that was really after I'd become a mother though. Then mm. That work sort of stepped up. And so I had a bit more time and space to do it and he needed the help. There was, you know, it was, he was kind of a one-man team at that point in time and and you kind of just do what you have to do when you're making those transitions in life, I think, and you pull in help where you can get it. So we just had a similar passion around that kind of social impact work and so I was more than happy to help in that capacity. Wow. And it was just such a divine timing, all of that, wasn't it? It just had a little life of its own. But then you yourself, speaking of transitions, So when you became a mother, what did that do to your sense of self, to your focus and your purpose? Uh, it just transformed it in the most wonderful way. I had a, I had a pretty magical unicorn pregnancy. It was very smooth and I had no morning sickness and um, I, I really managed to work right up until the end. I really enjoyed the time off I had. The last month off prior to giving birth and then the first three months off. I had um, an incredible experience of her and I feel like that just um, almost rebirthed me in a way and just the connection like, I felt, you know, you know, that we all feel when our little person lands on the planet and they just bring so much innate transformation and wisdom and yeah I just felt completely in love as you do and I think it actually gave me permission the first time in my life since perhaps childhood stop Mm. go into a space of stillness and being nothing extraneous to that present moment is important anymore for me, those early months of motherhood, as intense as they are, and in, in that you know, you're and feeding and up in all sorts of weird hours of the day and night, and you know, you can barely shower or scratch yourself. You just also is just such a kind of bubble of of being and presence. And for me, I feel like it gave me a breath in life for the first time that I hadn't had for so long and it just gave me permission to step back and view what I was doing through a different lens and really distilled for me what my priorities were. Mm. The whole ground shifted under me from that point on and has forevermore. Yes, I agree with every word you've said. I think it is often the first time we're able to hit pause and catch our breath 
in life. Um, but so often with all the mamas I speak to and with myself for the first two out of three children, once that bubble of being able to stay at home and them needing you around the clock like that, um, it's very easy to then slip back into the mode that you were living in beforehand, partly because the world may require you to, you know, you have to return to work, you have to get on with, with life. Um, how have you been able to stay connected to that insight that you had then? And, and what has that then flowed onto? Because I think that's really hard, isn't it, Zoe, is to keep that sense of this is all that's important going beyond those first months. Yeah, I, I actually I actually had an experience similar to that, though different. Probably in my mid-twenties while I was acting, I had a really out-of-body experience doing some transformational group work that I was participating in. And it was an experience where I really felt myself disidentified from the doing that we participate in the world. So I just had this momentary experience, probably lasted a few minutes, where I was almost in a sort of very deep meditative state, although it wasn't achieved through meditation, it was achieved through a sort of exercise process that was being run on this beautiful course that I did back in the day. And um, that no longer exists. It was just one of those wonderful things that emerged for a while and then disappeared mm. but it was a moment where I really captured that feeling of oh there's so much more to this world than we're currently allowing for our for in our day-to-day -day perception and so from that moment that happened about six years prior to me becoming a mother and from that moment I was never quite able to go back to my former life without carrying that seed of knowing that there was more. And so to um, hold in the busyness of our day-to-day -day world and, and just in my day-to-day -day life, you know, with acting and, and, you know, and that's where Damon really um, was very validating for me. And he had also had a taste of that sort of, um, experience himself in different ways in his own life and and that's really where we connected as a couple we connected right outside um our, our acting sort of lives even though we both had a very similar journey there as well we'd both studied at NIDA we'd both worked in the Australian industry we'd never really crossed paths in that way so um yeah, I feel like then when motherhood happened, it reaffirmed something I'd already known mm. and deepened it. And then I think what it also did is it gave me permission to stand in it even further. And also it suddenly gave me a reason bigger than myself to honour that feeling and that calling and it also it might all sound a bit vague the way I'm talking about it, but I don't mean for it to be because actually it's quite tangible. And for me, what it was around was aligning my internal values with my external actions in the world so that I was no longer kind of doing things I only enjoyed or half believed in or kind of just 
persisted in doing because I was doing them and good at them or capable at them or um, earning a good income from them. I, it really held me to account because it was no longer just about me or Damon. It was also about how my actions impacted this little being, mm. our daughter. And so when I went back to work and I went back to work at three months, which was, you know, not wow. super early, but early compared to a lot who take a year off because I was contracted to. Um, so I went back to work at three months with my baby girl and I would take her to set with me and I was breastfeeding on the set and I was working essentially the same hours I was before having a child, but with a baby in tow and it just became untenable. And I just knew I was, I was like, what am I doing here? I didn't want to be there with all my heart. And not only that, I had an external compass now, this little person who, I didn't want to be there either. <laughs> so suddenly it was like seeing myself outside myself. It was like seeing a part of me. It was like looking in a mirror when I would look in her little face and she was so tired and it was the end of such a long day and we'd been on set since 5.15 or, you know, 5.45 or, and it was 6.30 or 8 p.m. if we did overtime and, and I just I just went, this, is, this has to change. So, so I made a decision sort of from that point on to only do things that I believed in so wholeheartedly that I was willing for it to take me away from my family and mm. my, my baby and my husband. And that seems like a big call because, I, you know, it's very hard to say that you could almost love something in life, um, you know, that's kind of as transient as your work as much as you could love your, your daughter and your husband. But I think there is a part in us that needs to be honoured as, as a parent. And I'm not just talking about mothers here, I'm talking about fathers too, stay-at-home fathers. There's still a part of us that needs to be honoured that's important to us beyond, um, you know, being a mother, being a wife, being a friend. Um, and I feel like that sometimes speaks to our sense of purpose in the world even though I think purpose is actually more of an innate quality rather than uh, uh, I think it's more of an intrinsic quality. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And I often find that um, that real sense of loss in a woman, like she feels like she's lost herself or she's not able to be who she wants to be in life right now, often comes from that lack of recognition that there's a part of you that still needs to be seen, even though you love being a mum and a wife and a sister and a daughter and all of those things. And even though you might not want to go back to that job that you had or change the situation, there still needs to be some recognition of you and your desires and dreams and purpose. Yes. And you know what? Society doesn't currently place value on nothing. Yes. It doesn't. It, it, it doesn't consider it a vocation. And I mean, essentially it's not, but if you pay someone what the equivalent of what a stay-at-home mum would get, I, I read somewhere that it was roughly in the realm of $120,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if we were to put a monetary value on motherhood, I think well, that would take a lot of financial pressure off a lot of stay-at-home mums who are, you know, feeling guilty about not earning income or or, you know, having that as a, a burden 
um, placed over them. It can be a strain on relationships, it can be a strain on all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, we don't currently place value on motherhood, even beyond a monetary value. We don't place like a societal value on it much at the moment. It's sort of this thing that we have to do in between going back to life, whatever that is. And I think it's a complicated position we find ourselves in at the moment because there's all this talk of gender equality and, and, uh, but equal is not the same as. No. And, and I think we're striving to be equal in a very patriarchal structure, uh, in a structure that isn't actually friendly currently to anybody, men or women. And it's almost like as mothers and we're trying to fit back into a system which is already broken and, and not serving many people, I don't think, currently. And so how do we adjust our needs to a fundamentally broken system and how do we then recreate something different for ourselves that is viable for us to maintain whilst we're in this very limbic space of motherhood? Mm, beautifully said. Mm. And that, as you speak, I'm thinking about the work that you now are doing and this power of the circle and gathering together and having these conversations and having a space where you can connect to yourself in a different way and, and discover all of this. Because I know for me to have gotten to this point where I am now and value what I do so differently and view success so differently, that has come from being able to have spaces where I can grieve and cry and grow and learn and be vulnerable and be strong. And that's so important, isn't it? As we move through motherhood and figure this all out. So important. It's, I, I just, yeah. And it, for everybody right now, I mm -hmm. feel like that's what we need is more space. We're just, really um as a collective coming to a point where we're saturated you know the planet is saturated people are saturated what we're needing more than anything right now is i think space to step back and actually hear ourselves hear the quietness of ourselves come forward so that we can start making decisions from a different place um, and yeah, through the work I do now, it's been a thousand percent informed by, by the experiences I've had over the last five years becoming a mother. And I'm actually pregnant again, so I'm about to go back <gasps> into that motherhood space. And that's been a whole other journey in navigating work that I love now compared to work that I didn't necessarily mm -hmm. love as a mother. And there's definitely a grieving process that comes with the idea of knowing that I'm going back into that very early phase of motherhood with a tiny little baby and also wanting to maintain this work that I now deeply believe in and with my whole heart and really love and the benefit I see in people when 
we create group work together. So I, I run circles for, um, I run circles. And in these circles, we practice transformative group work. We ask deep questions. I hold space for conversation to occur for people so that they can actually hear themselves some extent more. And we also explore um, deep ecology work. So that, that work is around how we are innately, intrinsically connected to nature and everything around us. And it's very inspired by the work of a lady called Joanna Macy, who's really the founder of ecology work and something called the work that reconnects. So it's really about how do we reconnect with lost parts of ourselves uh, that are very much connected to the whole one another and nature. And so this is work that I find so meaningful and so dear. And I'm definitely currently going through a process of navigating how I feel about how I'm going to hold that work and continue that work in the world whilst re-entering the space of, of new motherhood. Because, of course, group work um, is, requires me to be there for excessive mm. periods of time. And with a five-year-old, that's totally achievable because she is, is more, uh, you know, robust and self-sufficient at this stage and she has days at school. And, and, but with a new baby, it really means either bringing it along or having periods of time away. So I'll work it out. But because we just do, you know, we, we do work it out. <laughs> we make it work. We're pretty incredible that way, us, us parents. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly something that's at the forefront of my mind, those questions. Hmm. Well, congratulations on the new baby. And I think that um, those questions that you're asking at the moment is probably what, those questions are the ones that started all of this for me. Yeah. How can I do this that lights me up, that I want to contribute to the world as well as still be the mother that I want to be. And I think if we had our way, <laughs> rather than just talk about gender pay gap and very important topics, I know, but I would, would love the conversation to, to be more about the contrast of the role that we have, which is we want to do both. We want to be able to be there for all of those moments as well as still do what lights us up and it's i'm hoping that you know when we hear people like you figure figuring this out that this begins a new conversation about what it means to be a woman and a mother at the moment yeah well i mean in one way i see that working is the way tribes did it where the, where the children are not separate from adult life and i know that sounds complicated to us because the way we currently have it set up children are a disruption but mm. and they are like they can be absolutely but they can also be very enhancing and they can also bring a real leveling to a situation or a space so uh, one thing i have definitely been considering is creating more room for people to bring children to to group work um and then of course adjusting some of those processes so that they're appropriate for children to be witnessed, bear a witness to. But then I feel like it also normalizes things like gathering and meaningful conversation and settled connection as opposed to frenetic connection. You know, there's so much emphasis on 
let's go and, you know, do a million activities and go to La La Land and ride on all the rides and, you know, eat all the sweeties and do all the fun, crazy, <sighs> frenetic things. But what about the simplicity of coming together? And I was reading an article recently on boredom and it was talking about how boredom is a, a phenomenon that is only fairly recent and, and that, you know, conversations about boredom just were unheard of, you know, in years gone by because there wasn't this need for constant stimulation. So I think we get conditioned to start expecting certain things. Mm. So that has been one way I've thought is including children more. But then I think it's also nice to have space away. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was conflicted as, as everyone around us. Yes. I remember reading that beautiful, um, oh, listening to your beautiful podcast with Deborah Poneman about your dharma mm-hmm. can wait for you. And, and I really um, loved Deborah's, um, what Deborah shared and what she, what she does for her work. She was very powerful in this personal development space prior to having children. And, but honouring that heart calling sometimes requires you to be in full integrity. I think sometimes you have to really listen to what is most pressing in present time. So, you know, as a practitioner of group work myself, who is asking people to listen to that quiet space and really honour that deeper calling, mm. I need to uphold that in my mm. own actions. So if that does mean stepping away from work for a period of time to meet the needs that are most pressing in present time, then I need to uphold that because that's part of the ethic and integrity of the work I do now. So, and that was different from the past, you know, um, that was a diff- that, that's something I've learnt through experience, through being forged by fire. Mm. Oh, I agree. Uh, and as you say, this is what you're sharing in the group and what you're about to go through again and learn all over again, which is the beauty of motherhood, the way it's just, uh, it spotlights what we most need to learn, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. Yeah, it does. Thank you so much. You speak so beautifully about this. And um, as a writer, I have just been loving the words that you've chosen. You obviously have such a beautiful heart connection to this work. And I'm so grateful that you were able to to share it and with all of us today. I so appreciate it. Thank you, Amy. It's really nice to have 25 minutes to be able to string some sentences together that are beyond, you know, what do you want in your lunchbox? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) And hopefully the mummers that listen can get all the way through to the end before they also have those little questions. But you know what? That's That's what we do. (laughs) That's what we do. (laughs) For the space you hold for everyone here. Thank you. Thanks so much. Ah, mamas, isn't that beautiful? The way that we can start to really listen to what our soul is asking us to do. This is what motherhood's about. It's asking you, it's begging you to redefine your life. And it's not just for you anymore, it's for your children and the world your children are inheriting. And so maybe it's time for you to really look at what slowing down feels like. To bring the inner world into the outer world. I hope that this has inspired you to start to look at how you can do this for yourself. 
Until next week, Satnam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.